It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. This is your host, Olivia Brown. And we have reporter Abby Liebing from Western Journal with us today. And we're going to have a special guest coming later, so make sure to stay and watch. So big news that happened today is that Amazon has just acquired iRobot, and iRobot makes the Roomba vacuums. And they, this was bought for $1.7 billion. That's a lot of money. And one of the advantage of advantages of this is that they're going to be able to see your entire floor, floor plan. They're going to be able to see every square inch of your house. To me, that is very scary. Seems more like <laughs> Big Brother type. I am not down for that. Amazon seeing everything about my house. This is also going to connect all the smart devices. So you're going to be able to see that my Alexa is in my kitchen and my air purifier. They actually also bought an air purifier. My air purifier is in my bedroom, different things like that. I find that to be very big brother, not the way that we should be moving. What are your thoughts on this, Abby? Uh, sadly, I'm not surprised at all, just because based on Amazon's buying strategy over the past couple of months, well, yes. past couple of years, um, it's not surprising because there's been such a push when you're on the level of Amazon and any yeah. any sort of the giant corporations, um, the big three, Apple, Google, Amazon, mm -hmm. um, they are heavily investing in anything that is data-based, Yes, um, which should concern people a lot. Um, and, you know, it seems... And, you know, with companies like iRobot, the Roomba, you're like, that's oh, a nice little vacuum. Um, I love the one that I have. Yeah, it's super have, convenient. I have an off-brand uh, uh, because okay. I didn't want to pay the $400 that they charge. <laughs> that's way too much for me. So I got actually from Amazon an off-brand one that was like $100. Oh, nice. I love it. They're super convenient. They are. Yeah. Um, definitely beats vacuuming, you know, like this. Yeah. I they have. go under your bed. Yeah. They go everywhere. It's the best technology. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but with any sort of technology like that, you have to account in for the just the amount of data that is mm -hmm. behind it and specific um, user-based data, yeah. which is what Room is all about. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's mapping your floor plan. Um, you know, so that's now accessible to Amazon. Yeah. Um, Amazon has very specifically targeted other industries that are data related, like One Medical, um, which they bought for $3.9 billion recently. Um, even Whole Foods, which they bought for 13, 10, 13 billion, 13 yeah. billion, um, which people, you know, it's like, oh, you know, Whole Foods, it's the thing that all the millennials love. Yeah. Um, and everyone just assumes that's groceries again, data tracking. Yeah. Um, and I mean, sadly, it's the reality of the world we live in that mm -hmm. pretty much any consumer product mm -hmm. at this point. Um, especially if it's associated with bigger corporations or chain, does have some sort of data tracking with it. And so Amazon is buying all that up chunk by chunk by chunk because data is money. Data um, is king. It is It is absolute king. Um, and I feel like people are just not aware of that, even yeah. though people have been trying to broadcast this again and again and again. Like your user information, your individual data, um, your preferences that pop up on Facebook and your buying habits and everything that kind of makes up the data background of you as a human, mm -hmm. that's extremely valuable to companies. Yeah. Um, and this is Amazon's way of buying into that market in a huge way because Apple and Google already, and Facebook, kind of already had the monopoly on that. And Amazon is now stepping in and being like, well, we can buy whoever we want and start yeah. tracking all consumer data. Yeah, that makes me think about, you know, Amazon's policy that they have where they will raise prices depending on your background. Right. So someone that, you know, they see that they will pay high prices, high market value for something, they're going to price that higher opposed to someone that every single time only pays for some $10 something and they're able to look at the makeup of that person and charge that. I do not think that people, people should be having equal across the board for their prices. Makes me think of, you know, Whole Foods is notoriously incredibly <laughs> high expensive. Uh, I love it for different foods that I can only get there because everyone that knows me knows that I'm gluten-free, I'm mostly dairy-free, I'm mostly sugar-free, I'm one of those obnoxious people. And <laughs> that shop at Whole Foods, actually, I prefer Sprouts, though, because... Oh, you're a Sprouts person. I'm okay. a Sprouts person because they're not owned by Amazon, <laughs> and I'm definitely against the big tech. But, yeah, thinking someone, they can see your receipts from the food that you're buying at Whole Foods and calculate that into even more data mining. More and more you can see this and they sell this data. Apple has recently tried to curb that by putting new privacy settings on that so people are not tracked as much as they were, which I think is hurting sales for all the big tech. Mm -hmm. But this is just another step which is really reaching big brother status freaks me out status. Like there's a reason that I do not own Alexa and different things like that. Well, you know, I have an Apple watch though. So Siri hears me. 
So there's really nothing I can do. So lose, 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 unless you are totally off the grid. <laughs> it, it really is. And I actually know people that are off the grid. Mm-hmm. They yeah. will only, like, I have this friend that will only turn their cell phone on, like, once a week to if they need a like leave the house right they don't do it anywhere else and so but you know someone working in media that is extremely hard to do because we're plugged in seeing what is the next big story and it's extremely difficult to do that and I hope that we do find new avenues just like the way that Apple put privacy settings I'm a big fan of DuckDuckGo I hope that this can help us move in a different direction than the way that we are going right now because privacy doesn't feel like it exists right now. Right. I think it's going to be a hard thing to curb, though, because uh, this has been going on for well over a decade at this point um, of the data industry is making so much money. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, the old saying of uh, when you use Facebook, everyone kind of associates like Facebook makes its money through ads. No, 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 no. Mm. That's not that's not how Facebook makes it, its yeah. money. For Facebook, you as the individual are their product because yes. behind you is all the data that they can have access to. And mm-hmm. that's, where the, that's where money is. And then they sell specific ads based off of your data personality. Right. But at the end of the day, the data is the money. You as an individual consumer are basically the product mm-hmm. that big tech can buy certain data for. Um, and this also leads to that politicians can buy. So what we have now is that data is used in every single election, Mm -hmm. the same data. They look at all your consumer info. They look at your voting record. They look at all of that. So this can also influence elections, all this data that is being put into this. And while we know all about what Facebook owner did to try to influence the 2020 elections, like that stuff's out there. So... This is just going to happen more and more as we move to having Roomba and all these different technologies. Yeah, and the the problem is is that this is virtually impossible to legislate on any level. Yeah. I actually don't even I don't even suggest that the federal government or anyone in government should even try to legislate this at this point. Yeah. It's one of those things um, legislating any sort of dating uh, data mining anything like that um, really does have to eventually be the initiative of of tech companies. Yeah. Um, they have to do that on their own initiative because there is no structure in place. And there there really hasn't been since the start of the internet. Yeah. Um, the internet is like the most lawless place that no one can regulate unless they in and of themselves decide to regulate it like yeah. Apple did. I still don't really like Apple, but <laughs> but Are like you an it, Android person? No, I'm an I'm a nothing person. Oh um, <laughs> But uh, where private companies, you have to see kind of regulating themselves, they're like, ooh, you know, we got to get a better look and better look on this. So we'll enhance privacy settings and things like that. What do you Um, think of breaking up monopolies? Because I know that's something that a lot of people have talked about doing (laughs) for Google and things like that. Because, you know, we saw that breaking up monopolies uh, officially, you know, first happened years and years Mm -hmm. and years ago with banks and different things like that. And I've heard a lot of people speculate that breaking up monopolies could help because like Google has like 90% of everything. 
with uh, that they have. Do you believe that breaking monopolies, as you said before, you don't think that it can be legislated? Am I correct in that? Yeah, I don't think it can be legislated. Um, there's other ways to break up monopolies. And I mean, historically speaking, monopolies are never sustainable. Um, there has never been a cartel structure that has that has been able to last um, through decades. It eventually, you know, it'll have a really, really prosperous few decades, and then it will eventually collapse because mm -hmm. there's just so much top-heavy pressure. The problem with kind of the economic structure of big tech right now is that uh, if it was just Google, uh, I mean, Google's a huge player, um, that would be one thing, but you kind of have this like split monopoly. Mm -hmm. So you have the cartel structure, socioeconomically speaking, mm -hmm. um, which again, not sustainable, but a lot harder to break up um, when there are multiples and you have, you know, Amazon, Apple, Google, um, a couple other big ones who are kind of all, you know, splitting the yeah. economic sphere, um, particularly in the data field. And that is extremely hard to break up because they're just, they don't have anyone who is able to even grow big enough to be a competitor. Yeah. Um, and the only way to like really officially break monopoly or a cartel structure is to have a big enough competitor. But what, what Amazon does, they're the perfect example talking about them buying uh, the Roomba makers is that they just buy anybody who yeah. could become big enough. Yeah, um, and there, I feel like there's a lot of repercussions with right. that. Is this becomes bigger and bigger? They own more and more and more of these types of companies, and even stretching all the way to one medical. Right, that's not necessarily a company that you would usually think Amazon of acquiring. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just gobbling up any sector that they can now, yeah. which, I mean, makes sense. A lot of people are more than happy to have, you know, their medical, um, their their personal consumer products controlled mm -hmm. by a private corporation. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. Amazon's kind of the big bad guy, but also it's like, well, it's not the federal government. Yeah, <laughs> it's not socialism. Yeah. I guess that's a little bit better, you know, having big... big we're not Canada yet. Yeah, we're not Canada yet. Um, so it's kind of that split dilemma of like, I feel like the Amer the average American consumer, you and I, um, are, are getting kind of the overhead um, from Amazon and Google and big tech as they just kind of gobble up more and more of the economy. And it's like, you may not see everything that they own, but they're just taking control of a lot more. Mm -hmm. And it's a dangerous game to play. <laughs> yeah. Our next guest is Mike Lawler, an assemblyman from New York who is now going to be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with a big Democrat. Mike Lawler, who is running for the 17th district in New York, what's very controversial about his race is that he is running against Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee Chair Sean Patrick Maloney. This is a really big deal and he also, Lawler, you've recently been endorsed by House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy. So this is going to be a very hot race. The nation is looking at it. This is not just a race that will reflect New York, but also the whole nation. What can you tell me about what your race has been looking like? It's been incredibly tight. I just saw a poll that came out that Put you at 46% and Maloney at 44%. Why do you think that people are now moving towards the right in a notoriously liberal area? Well, the suburbs of New York City have always been uh, 
a relative swing area in our uh, state. And I've lived here my whole life in Rockland County. Uh, I currently represent uh, Rockland County in the New York State Assembly. Uh, and I flipped a two to one Democratic district uh, two years ago, defeating a 14 year incumbent. So I feel very good about, you know, our chances here. Uh, the poll you referenced that we did about two weeks ago uh, shows me up two against Maloney and also up six against his primary opponent, Alessandra Biagi, a state senator uh, from uh, the Bronx and, and lower Westchester County. Uh, voters across the Hudson Valley are extremely dissatisfied uh, with what's going on in Washington and Albany, and specifically on the economic issues, uh, inflation, gas prices, taxes, uh, as well as the public safety issue. Uh, we've seen a rapid rise in crime in New York City, uh, you know, grandmothers being pushed onto subways, young mothers being shot in their, walking their baby in a stroller, uh, bodega employees being attacked, uh, people are fed up and they're tired of the policies that have been enacted by woke, radical, progressive Democrats uh, that have really made our communities uh, less safe. And so that's really uh, the focal point. And I think we're seeing it in the polls. Uh, people are shifting away from Democrats. They want balance. They want common sense restored at every level of government. Uh, and that's what I'm running on. Talking more specifically about crime in New York, um, Maloney is known for introducing the cashless bail in 2018. So as crime has skyrocketed in New York, how does the cashless bail impact the current New York community? Um, and how would it look, do you think, if it was enacted at a federal level? Well, when Sean Patrick Maloney ran for attorney general of the state of New York, he said his top priority was enacting cashless bail. Uh, the following year, it was enacted in New York State. And since that time, it's been an absolute unmitigated failure. Um, crime has risen astronomically in New York State. Gun violence is through the roof. Um, and, you know, 20 years of strong leadership under Rudy Giuliani and Mike Bloomberg um, resulted in record uh, levels of reduction in crime. And now we're seeing that reverse. And that obviously is a major problem. Uh, it is directly attributed to the policies that have been enacted uh, at a state level and nationally uh, by Democrats. Uh, cashless bail being chief among them, raise the age. Uh, policies like defund the police, where New York City defunded the police by over a billion dollars, where they eliminated the anti-crime unit, whose primary responsibility is, is getting illegal guns off the streets. Uh, these policies have had negative consequences on communities all across New York City and New York State, uh, and they need to be reversed. And, and people like Sean Patrick Maloney need to be held accountable uh, for pushing such a reckless policy uh, in the first place. And so... You know, that is something that I think voters all across uh, New York state uh, are, are focused on, uh, and they are going to hold Democrats accountable this year for this policy. Diving a little bit more into the stats behind the crime and particularly the cashless bail, um, since New York has kind of been the ground zero for that. Um, do you know what the stats are of people being released on cashless bail? And then what are the stats of people being rearrested for a crime while their case was pending? 
So interestingly, uh, this is something that I debated uh, while I was uh, in the state assembly earlier this year debating the governor's bail reform fixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have seen uh, 40% of uh, New Yorkers arrested on felony charges and released uh, with uh, non monetary bail. Uh, have been rearrested while those charges are pending. It's 45% in New York City. Uh, and that is a major problem. Um, and it's something that you know needs to be addressed. You cannot continue to have uh, repeat offenders being released on non-monetary bail. Judges are being hamstrung. They can't take into account uh, someone's uh, criminal history. They can't take into account uh, you know, their dangerousness Uh, with respect to uh, going back out on the streets. New York State is the only state left where dangerousness uh, is not allowed to be considered. Uh, And it's absolutely wrong. Judges need to have discretion. Of course, we don't want people who commit a low-level, nonviolent offense rotting in jail simply because they don't have the means to pay bail. But when you're talking about violent crimes, repeat offenders, Uh, Judges need discretion and they need the ability to hold somebody uh, pending trial uh, because of their danger to the the community. And the fact that 40 percent of those uh, released on uh, non-monetary bail who have been charged with a felony are rearrested, you know, while pending trial uh, is really unconscionable. And New York City, uh, you know, the New York City Police Department released stats the other day. Uh, of, of the 10 worst repeat offenders uh, being arrested hundreds of times. Uh, it's really out, outrageous. And my colleagues in the state legislature and Sean Patrick Maloney, who have championed this bill, uh, are fundamentally wrong uh, when it comes to how to combat crime, how to reduce uh, violence in our communities, and how to keep our residents safe. So we need change. Uh, I've called on Governor Hochul to bring us back to Albany for a special session uh, to address this, uh, and it needs to get done immediately. I 100% agree. That is outrageous, and I would hate to see what it would look like if cashless bail was enacted at a federal level. To me, that would be very, very scary. Going back to your opponent, Baloney, so he was actually very recently in the news for a controversial ad that the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, they boosted a Republican in Michigan. And the, the tactic behind this is that they wanted to boost somebody that they saw as more of a far right because they thought that person might not win and they're boosting them so that the moderate Republican who had a better chance of winning would not win. Both sides of the aisles are very upset about this. What is your thoughts on this? Well, I think it just shows Sean Patrick Maloney for who he is, which is a partisan political hack uh, (laughs) who is disingenuous and cynical. Um, And to use money that the DCCC raised uh, to support the reelection of their preferred candidates uh, and interfere in Republican primaries uh, in, in attempts to try and find uh, what they classify as the more extreme candidate. Uh, I think it just speaks volumes to, to the cynical nature of our politics and why people are so disgusted by it. You know, Sean Patrick Maloney said just a few weeks ago that his top priority was reelecting a Democrat majority. 
So on the one hand, he's focused on reelecting extreme socialists like AOC and Ilan Omar and Jamal Bowman. Uh, and on the other hand, he's interfering uh, with Republican primaries and trying to, to find uh, what he views as the more radical or extreme candidates. And it just speaks to, to his partisan nature and, and what a hack he truly is. So I think voters uh, are tired of it. I think they're going to reject uh, this type of conduct. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder for a, a party that is so, um, you know, hell bent on on hosting these, you know, hearings in, in prime time talking about, um, you know, the the events of January 6th. Uh, if if they were sincere in their uh, beliefs, um, then Nancy Pelosi would immediately put an end to this type of conduct using DCCC funds to uh, interfere in Republican primaries. But that tells you everything you need to know about uh, the sincerity in which they're approaching uh, those hearings. To continue a little bit more looking at the the Democratic policies in New York, there was a news piece that came out yesterday about congest about a congestion pricing plan in New York, um, where there will be taxing of suburban commuters to travel into the city. Um, but currently, about seven percent of people who work in New York City commute from suburban communities. So, can you explain to us? why you think Democrats are pushing for this? Is this part of a climate change agenda more broadly? Um, and what is your specific plan for addressing this? Because this is a this would be a pretty big tax on suburban communities. Well, this is nothing more than uh, a policy to tax suburban commuters uh, and use that money to further uh, their agenda. And, you know, for for me, representing a, a purely suburban community uh, west of Hudson, where rail service is very limited, um, we do not have a one seat ride into Manhattan. Uh, we have limited express rail service um, and we pay about 50 million more in taxes to the MTA than services we are receiving. And so this is nothing more than a money grab that is designed to hurt suburban commuters. And I, I am adamantly opposed to this. I put in legislation a year and a half ago to repeal congestion pricing outright and eliminate it. Um, the fact is that this money will not be used to increase uh, investments in Rockland County and west of Hudson Rail Service. It will be used uh, to fund the MTA, which has been one of the most poorly run organizations in America. Uh, they are constantly running a deficit. They are constantly borrowing more money. Um, and this is just another way for them to fill their coffers uh, and misappropriate uh, funds, which they have been doing for a very long time. Uh, so I am adamantly opposed to congestion pricing. Um, and and it, I think anyone who is running for public office, uh, especially outside of the, uh, New York City, who supports congestion pricing, uh, deserves to be removed from office because it is squarely designed to go after suburban commuters. I completely agree with that. And the what the Democrats, their reasoning, I was looking it up, they said this is going to cause less pollution. And to me, that just seems more of the climate agenda and that they are pushing for electric vehicles, just like in Biden's inflation reduction act it's not really that 
they introduced Green New Deal policies. Is this what the Democrats are trying to enact in New York City? And what do you think congestion pricing would look like if it were enacted at a federal level? Well, you know, absolutely. They, there's no question uh, that this is in furtherance of uh, a bigger agenda. Um, but I think, you know, the way this will be implemented uh, is, is going to severely hurt uh, small business owners, middle class families uh, who are commuting into the city uh, for work. And, you know, when you're talking about adding on uh, nine to twenty three dollars uh, as a fee per entrance into lower Manhattan after already having to pay to cross over uh, the George Washington Bridge or uh, the tunnels coming across the Hudson River, um, it's a major problem. And and I think it's something that, you know, certainly nationally, uh, Democrats are going to be looking to see how this is implemented and how they may be able to implement it nationwide. I mean, Pete Buttigieg talked about, you know, taxing people on their mileage used. So th they are looking at every which way to help fund their radical uh, Green New Deal uh, and implement parts of it uh, in pieces of legislation. Uh, you know, Sean Patrick Maloney proudly states that he was an original co-sponsor of the Green New Deal, um, along with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This is not a policy uh, that, you know, middle class families across New York State and across the country can afford. And it, at a time when we're seeing gas prices uh, you know, over $5 on the national average at a time when inflation is at 9.1%, the highest in over 40 years. Uh, you know, New York taxpayers and middle-class families across New, uh, the country cannot afford this. And, and it needs to be stopped dead in its tracks. I agree with that because gas prices have been crazy. And that leads into my next question. So I looked at your Twitter and you actually have independents and even Democrats putting up your yard signs. They're excited to vote for you. Why do you think that independents and Democrats are now moving towards voting for you, a Republican? Well, I think, you know, what we've seen and I've seen in the past when I ran for the state assembly in a two to one Democratic district. We talked about the issues that cut across political parties uh, and that impact middle class families all across uh, the district. You know, at the end of the day, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, we all want a few basic things out of life. Right. We want a good paying job to provide for our families. We want a quality education for our children. We want access to affordable housing and health care. And we want to live in safe neighborhoods. And those are the issues that I ran on two years ago. Those are the issues I'm running on. Uh, in 2022 against Sean Patrick Maloney. So while he's talking about guns, abortion uh, and Donald Trump, you know, I'm talking about the issues that really impact uh, families all across our community. Um, and, and that's why I think Democrats, independents uh, and Republicans are going to unite this year uh, and elect, you know, people uh, like me uh, who, you know, speak in clear voice, uh, bring common sense values uh, back to government uh, and, and will be a check and balance on the Biden Pelosi agenda. So speaking of the upcoming election, uh, your primary is coming up, but it's also one of the latest ones in the entire country. So early voting begins August 13th and ends August 21st. And then the primary day is on August 23rd. 
Have you seen any impact on your race because of the lateness of the primary um, is so incredibly close to the general election? Well, we certainly anticipate that it's going to be a relatively low turnout. You know, we already had one primary in New York on June 28th. So I think a lot of people uh, certainly are a little confused about, uh, you know, multiple primary days and right. when they're supposed to be coming out to vote and and who what what district they actually live in now. Um, so we're doing our best to to inform voters, get the message out there and, and let them know about the primary and and hopefully come out and vote, um, you know, on August 23rd. Uh, early voting does start on August 13th uh, and run through the 21st. Uh, so there are a lot of opportunities for people to get out and vote. And, and I certainly encourage them to do so in the Republican and conservative primaries. I have uh, a primary in each party. Um, you know, and for more information, people can certainly visit my website, lawlerforcongress.com um, and, and find out about, uh, you know, uh, the voting information uh, for their uh, respective counties and, and communities. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time. This has been a great interview and we hope that we can have you back on sometime before the general election or even more hopefully after when you win absolutely look forward to it thank you so much for having me thank, thank you. you that race is going to be a doozy it's definitely going to be a battle in new york and what also is going to be a battle is the midterms of 2022. And right after this FBI raid that we saw of Mar-a-Lago, people are more motivated to vote in these 2022 elections. This poll to Frogger Group shows that 83% of Americans, of Republican Americans, are more likely and more motivated to vote than they were before if the raid had not happened. But this makes sense because any sort of flashy federal enforcement that goes on in this raid, you know, was splashed all across headlines. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you got the the big bureau of the big bad FBI <laughs> um, that many people are just opposed to that kind of federal law enforcement. Um, and so when they have something that is this news catching, it's going to it's going to push a lot of voters um, partially out of just kind of anger and and that angst of just like, oh, man, the federal government stepping in again. Um, so it, it makes complete sense that they are definitely uh, that voters are being pushed in that direction after such a flashy raid. I agree. Even Andrew Yang, you know, as a Democrat, as we referred to yesterday, said this is going to be the biggest mistake that we're going to see in elections. That's how they see it. But right. we see it as a motivator. This is awesome for the Republican Party, even though it was not so awesome for Melania's closet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, remember that we are going to be here Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're going to have a lot of great interviews coming up, just like the one we had with Mike Lawler. Make sure to tune in and have a great rest of your day. The Western Journal is dedicated to equipping readers with the truth. We bring that same mission to you, our listeners, on WJ Live. If you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We premiere episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review to help us fight back against big tech. It helps our show reach even more people who want to hear something different 
than establishment media narratives. Thanks for listening. guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.